either got less hair or more coming out everywhere. Getting more deaf, worrying about death, all the tires you got are spare. Unexplained coffin while choosing your coffin. Getting some laughs in and choking on taffy, squeaking more than a dolphin. Rolling at the kids, soiling undies with skids. Wondering if we fuck it up, can we still make the mic drop? Genexing, texting, vexing, exiting. But not yet, not yet. We're just halfway there. Halfway there. We need to, we need to like, uh, before we discuss this, let's... Uh, do let's, a proper intro. Yeah, let's do an intro. What do you think? Let's make this thing like structured and... Um, Professional. Yeah, we're, po- we're doing postmodern uh, podcast. <laughs> There's no structure. Deconstructed <laughs> podcast. Yeah, deconstructed. All right, who wants to welcome our, our uh, listeners today? I think it's Jen's turn, actually. Yeah, Jen's turn. Good thing, because I'm allowed to drink on a Friday night. And uh, it's like, oh, I well, look behind the scenes. Look it's at, a Friday look night. Look at this. Yep. Hi, I'm Jenny Tear. I'm Jenny Tear. Hi, I'm Kim Gaynor. And I'm Camila Fantasia. And this is halfway there to being completely shit-based. No, <laughs> oh, it's halfway there. A podcast, A podcast about the new middle age. Middle age. <laughs> we'll cover for you. Teamwork is dream work, you guys. <laughs> right, that's right. All right. Oh, by the way, speaking of, because of the language that you've been using, I just want to make, I just want to put it out there. My mom listened to the first episode. So please watch her fucking language. <laughs> Uh, don't be spouting hey. shit talk. Like, can we keep this clean, please? Because it's... We'll fucking try. <sighs> shit, yeah. <laughs> um, Hi, Tina. Feel... Hi. Did she feel we were vulgar? <laughs> no, no. She. she it, was, <gasps> it was even more humiliating because if my mom had said, um, if my mom had said, oh, it's just not for me. I can't listen anymore. <laughs> it would have been like, yeah, that makes sense, you know. But it was like, I listened to your podcast. I liked it. So now there's like that, you know, the lingering possibility that she'll continue listening. Do you know what happened? The same sort of thing, except my therapist. I told my therapist about the podcast and she said, can I check it out? And I was like, yes. So now there's the lingering possibility that no matter what I say, she's going to hear it. But that's good. You want that, right? You want your therapist to have sort of an inside look at what what's going on in your life without and now you won't have to regurgitate it to her like you'll save time <laughs> just listen to the podcast yes. <laughs> hi My mom, hi, mom. and he sent us did you guys see the notes he shared with us of things we should do yeah i mean they were extensive yeah thank you chris phd yeah podcast <laughs> delivery yes okay. we uh we printed them out and i uh, put them in the shredder right away Oh no, my God, that's not true. Um, we go our own way. That's right. And that way is very unclear. <laughs> Camilo, how was your week? This has been a, a very interesting week, very humid. So we've kind of been hiding inside. So I'm a little stir crazy. Oh, and, wow. um, but it's also firefly season. And there's oh, just I love them. so magical about fireflies. Do you have them where you're at? Not here. No, it's this hybrid chicken turkey kind of thing today. That was, um, I'm sorry, was it flying around and like lighting up? Not a hybrid, uh, firefly bird, a hybrid. I, I just, I'm sorry, it made me think of this chicken I saw today. How that's from here up, it looked like one thing, and then from here down, it looked like another thing, but no, it was not lighting up. Its butt was not lighting up. That would have been incredibly magical i feel like it's really rude of you to bring your chicken talk into our like magical firefly i'm so sorry chickens are magical for somebody we can do interspecies uh i don't even know if it's interspecies because it's an insect to a chicken but look (laughs) all all breeds are welcome all you know don't be such a snob camilo okay i want to hear about the magical half chicken half turkey is that what was going on (laughs) Chickens and, and fireflies are definitely different species, FYIs. Although I will say that fireflies are bigger than you think, or bigger than I thought. Did you guys hear about the uh, the person who robbed a store holding up a cicada? <laughs> like that was their weapon. This happened in the past couple of weeks. <laughs> that was that's very surreal. Um, because the cashier me. started screaming and ran away, and then they just <laughs> <laughs> the 
register and got away. Like a hundred times more terrifying than a gun. Like, why the fuck are you holding up this cicada at me? What the fuck? I would be scared. I would run away. I'd be like, here, take my dollars. <laughs> and and they're, not even, they're not even your dollars, right? It's like, it's. That's right. Take, take 7 Eleven's dollars. But Jen, if while when somebody was holding this up, would you have been able to identify it as a cicada? Do you think, or just? I you think know? I would just be like, "Oh my God, that's an ugly bug! <laughs> Get it away from me!" And then I would run, probably run into the bath. It's like the type of I'm imagining this place as having the type of bathroom that would also have the mop in it. That's oh, like and cool. I hate those. <laughs> you know, like dirty stilted water so yes and the big yellow bucket yeah it's like um taylor smith and my twin works in this. <laughs> okay, okay not everybody's it's gonna like hear the, the break room the of some not everybody's gonna hear the preamble to this so you have to stick around oh i'll, I'll end our preamble to the end of this podcast so uh, if you want to know what we're talking about with taylor smith stick around to know who she is Basically, there's a twin me that's living a much more undignified life, but I'll leave it at that. And she has to work in a convenience store and get held up by a cicada. Why is going into a convenience store bathroom like stepping into a developing country? It's like we live in we live in the United States where everything is pretty shiny and new for the most part. And then for the most part. I mean, it's faster internet ever- than else. No one's ever meant to go in that bathroom, not even the employees. Like, shame on you if you think that that's an okay thing to do. If other, otherwise, you're obviously looking to go into this like netherworld, dirty portal of mop water goo. Like, I mean, that's what you meant to do, clearly. I feel like for those of you living, okay. So I think, I would think for those of you living in a large city, like we've all lived in New York before, you kind of have to end up going in bathrooms of questionable character on a regular because there's no public restrooms. There are. And I had an idea for a coffee table book (laughs) based on where you can go to the bathroom from 220th Street down to the Battery. And why I haven't like acted on this by now is beyond me. But okay, is that a fucking great idea? What? Kim, I don't know if I should say this really quick. Sorry, Jen, but, and then I'll I'll let you go. But Kim, this is Jim's idea and it's an app and it's the crap app. We haven't developed it. I had it before him and it's not New York City. And I had it before him and I can document it. (laughs) Wow, this is not a copyright battle. I'm trying to give an idea. The crap app and the coffee book. (laughs) And the companion coffee book. Yes, yes. Let me be your first customer. I can't get (laughs) enough of it. Wait a second. I also, Shantaine had an idea, Kim, and I'm going to get, I'm going to gift it to you. Oh, really? had an idea to do Humans of New York for toilets, only it would be called Tony Toilet. Oh my god. Oh, I love I love the irony of it being called Tony, but it's toilets mm-hmm. and Tony being like, oh, you know, fancy people stuff. Yeah. Like right. That. And you know how Humans of New York is honey. So mm-hmm. this one is called Tony and it's toilets of New York. And each toilet would have a heart-rending tail. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I, you know, I am just, I am, you guys are going to think this is funny and I'm just making this up because this is what we're talking about, but I am starting to develop a toilet phobia and I'm not kidding you. doesn't matter. My toilet, other people's toilets. If I see a toilet on social media, it happens way more often than you'd probably think. I mean, you're, you probably see it and you're not clocking it. It doesn't freak you out. I see a toilet and I think about it the rest of the day. I think about it when I'm eating. I'm thinking about it moments that I don't want to think about toilets. Like that is a serious, um, Tanya, if you're listening. Yeah, thank God she's listening. <laughs> this is real. It is something that is becoming a problem. And I, um, maybe I, we should talk about it in our next session. But it doesn't sound like a phobia because you're thinking about it. So it's more of like an obsession. Uh, but it is a phobia because when I see actual toilets, I, I recoil. You know, right. and they just be per- they could be tur- totally fine, totally Tur- clean. Turtly, turtly clean. Yeah. Oh, well, that was weird. That was like a weird Freudian 
slip. It was. I loved it. Flashing on the toilets, like in your mind, you'll be like, oh, I'm about to eat a PB&J. Oh, I'm thinking about that toilet I saw. Yes, yes, yes. And then, and then it just, it just disgusts me. Yeah. Very strange. Very strange. Mm. I definitely have had those, like, it's sort of an obsessive, you know, disgust over something but it usually fades i'm trying not to give it a lot of power maybe talking about it right now is not the best thing to do or maybe it it is the best thing to do kim i you floated living in germany in the past i know and yes and in the germanic countries and i think maybe scandinavia too i'm not are you gonna tell me something gross about a toilet right now uh maybe okay because uh Gird your part of my entire problem, but go gird your loins literally. So, um, they there's a there's the shelf toilet, which is meant to like let your <laughs> your stuff that comes out. You know, I'm trying to keep it clean for my mom. Remember, oh, so, so I don't want to say shit. Um, no, so it just it doesn't land in the water; it lands like oh no, toilet. sorry. But you I can examine it this. and be like, oh my diet, I need to make changes. X Y Z changes God. to my diet. And it's very unpleasant. So what, it's a toilet that keeps- There's, yeah, there's like a, there's a, it's designed so that when you, your droppings fall, they land on ceramic, not in the water, so that you can evaluate and make judgments about how you're, you're doing diet wise. You guys just give me a thumbs up when you're done. We're done. This is really gross, but thank you so much for that information. I, I had to leave. I'm just getting you ready. If you're traveling in Austria or Germany, be ready. I've been to both of those places. I guess I uh, avoided public toilets, and I'm very glad that I did. But this is in hotels, too. I don't... I, in I, homes. I know a little bit about what you were talking about. You sit on a shelf and shit someplace. I don't know. <laughs> it's, like elf, it's like elf on a shelf. In Germany... It's shit on a shelf, not uh, up on a shelf. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I I didn't experience that, I'm really glad. We're moving swiftly on to Britney Spears. Let's <laughs> talk about uh, this story since it's a topic of interest for all, all of us, I think, to a degree. Kim, you seem to, I think you you know the most about the particulars of it. Yeah, so I mean, um, Britney has been in this conservatorship for I think 13 years now, 12, 13 years. Um, it started in 2008 when we all saw images of her with her shaved head, um, running from the paparazzi and, and, and um, hitting cars with her umbrella. Um, and her dad was able to become conservator of her estate and her person this is something that's normally reserved for people in you know, old age homes, people that don't have uh, control of their faculties at all or who might even be in comas. It's extremely rare for someone you know, who's walking around making decisions, however bad or not they may be, um, to be placed in this sort of arrangement. And so it's been it's been ongoing for these years. Um, in recent years, uh, Brittany has come into focus because her um, her social media. She's been very active on social media, definitely during the pandemic. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about bizarre behavior, and there's you know a whole whole facet of people who who think everything she does is a cry for help and you know Brittany if you're in trouble blink twice Brittany if you're in trouble like wear yellow or red or whatever and yes her behavior has been kind of um bizarre but in the in the years prior to like this past year when we were all including Brittany in um quarantine she's been extremely busy. She's had a Vegas residency. She has toured. She has employed, you know, uh, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of people. Um, She has made a bunch of money for a lot of people. And this conservatorship has continued to happen. And so just this past week, she spoke at a hearing, um, 
for the first time, I guess, well, it's the first time that we're hearing it as, uh, as the public and the audio is available online. And she basically tore into her father and her family saying, look, she has no autonomy over her body. It's been abusive. She likened it to sex trafficking. She said the only other thing that similar sex trafficking where you you're forced to live with the people that you work with you know you have no privacy you're stripped of your credit cards your money um she can't drive a car she can't she can't be driven in her boyfriend's car and she even alleged that she has an iud in her body which is preventing her from having a baby and she doesn't want it so she doesn't even have autonomy over her own reproductive choices and listening to that audio, I don't know if you guys listened to it, it was heart-wrenching. I thought it was, you know, I, I always thought this conservatorship was was awful and just beyond, and her father sounded like a sketchy character, but after this, uh, I mean, it's just, it's enraging. So hashtag free Britney, um, for reals. Um, have you guys, did you guys listen to any of it? I know you did, Camila, a little bit. No, because actually I've read about it because after you said it was wow. harrowing to listen to. It is. It's like I can't listen to it. So I just read analysis of it, which is my way of distancing myself. Um, but no, I, I got the gist and it's like a whole, I, I, it's, what is it called? An IUD? IUD. IUD. It's literally eugenics. Like that's, we don't want you to reproduce is the craziest, you know, that's basically nazi i mean i don't want to look it's easy to go straight to nazi you know but well it's a birth control device that other yeah. women use by choice yeah by choice yeah, yeah the point yeah. is that she does not have the choice yeah. she, and she should because i we joke i joke a lot about you know i hope that person doesn't reproduce you know when you but the reality is that that's been actually discussed for real in history yeah. You know, yeah. So deciding that somebody shouldn't be able to reproduce is a very loaded subject. That's problematic. They do that, you know, they like castrate serial sexual offenders. It's like basically saying you're like a serial sex, you know, sex offender. It's. Yeah, I mean, it's saying that there's something deeply wrong with you and you are deeply incompetent and flawed and yeah. there there's no way that you should, you know, be responsible for human life or uh, reproduce. And, Have um, you, you know, seen his Tucker, they didn't make that decision. Yeah, it's robbing somebody of a fundamental yeah. right. And if you've seen the boyfriend, we all want to see what those kids look like. I would yeah. definitely- they are, Everybody involved is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. would definitely want my uh, reproductive uh, device removed if, if that were my wait, get out my <laughs> um, excuse me Shantae <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> wait, wait uh, go back, how do I rewind <laughs> he knows what you mean out of my mouth uh, he wants to reproduce with, with, with uh, her boyfriend too, it's fine yeah, I'm, I'm open for business I'll, hello, let me keep drinking my wine so aside from how good Britney Spears looks, this uh, looks. What's making you feel old this week? I'll go first. So for a couple of months, I had this weird thing happen where I was waking up every night between three and five, like kind of clockwork. I would wake up. I don't know if it was anxiety or what it was. And then I read this very troubling <laughs> report. It was in the New York Times about how like disruptive sleep can be an indicator of de like dementia, the circadian ryth rhythms in your brain. I read that too. Right. So it's like, it can be an early warning sign. It's a bad warning sign for like myriad things. I do that too, you guys. Oh God, I'm worried. <laughs> Sorry. I've been doing the same thing. <laughs> I know. I'd love to be the bearer of bad news, but I have a potential solution. So we started to go to the CBD store and I've been taking these CBD melatonin pills. Oh. Um, and I also got gummies and they put me into the deepest, hardest, like really, really hardcore sleep. So the good news is I seem to have rectified the problem. I don't know if it was a flare up of anxiety or 
I'm not exactly sure what it was, but it was really uncanny. But anyway. Um, How do you feel when you wake up? I feel, I'll be honest, like I, once I take it within a half an hour, it's pretty hard for me to keep my eyes open. So if I sleep, it's a good eight hour, like rock hard sleep, you know? So when I wake up, I actually feel it, it sounds silly, but I feel like, okay, the regenerative the regenerative work of sleep has been done. Like I feel hard while you're sleeping. Yeah. I rock hard. I'm like (laughs) on and on and on to the break of dawn. (laughs) That's I'm doing what they say more than four hours. It's need to go back to the doctor. Wait. Oh, stop it. What are we talking about? Right. Oh, okay. We're bringing is making a penis joke because Milo's sex life and the little blue pill apparently. Oh, we need penal. We don't have enough penal humor in, in this <laughs> podcast. So thank you, Camila. Yes, my you mean just about incarceration? Penis. Are we going to make humor about incarceration now? It's the system's fucked up. Keep going. Word puns. Let's do this. My imaginary <laughs> penis is rock hard while I sleep. You I'm officially the dad jokes guy here. You are dad jo- jokes. I meant to say that. That's so relevant. I'm, getting there. I'm not even a dad. I know. Well, maybe you should be. This would be the perfect time for the serious cringe alert, okay? Uh, Anyway, my point is, is that I was having sleep troubles, but CBD took care of that. So in order to evade possible dementia, I might only have outrun it for so long, but that seems to be working. So mine is a a symptom with a, like a happy end. Happy ending? to dig but i have to follow this line of reasoning a little bit further so have you determined so science has said that perhaps waking up at this time is a symptom of you know impending dementia so your cbd gummies putting you to sleep you've determined that that has eliminated the risk just because you've drugged yourself during the times when you would normally be awake Right. Well, that, that is my delusional hope that I'm (laughs) evading like my inevitable fate of being utterly demented in my old age. So I, 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 one would, you know, upon closer inspection, I think uh, it would probably not withstand scientific scrutiny. But anyway, it makes me feel okay. it makes me feel groovy. I mean, at least I get to sleep through the night. Feeling groovy is all that matters, right? Um, okay. I don't know if I will evade the ultimate fate, but the CBD gummies seem to really work. And they also work. Shantane has been taking them too. And we're both like out. I mean, really out. It's almost like a murky type of sleep. It's very, it's like very hard sleeping. And I did dreams. What's the dream situation during that sleep? No dreams that I can remember, but I'm not a big dreamer. I'll be honest. Can I suggest trying to get through Dante's um, Inferno, Purgatorio, and whatever the last one's called, Heavenolio? The books? Yes, that's the best sleep with? Yes. No, what are you talking you about? Fall asleep, you fall asleep within half a canto. What? N- are you t- kidding me? I um, that's what when I've I read I, at least Dante's Inferno, and I maybe that's just my upbringing with this like hardcore Christian. You're going to hell, and hear the details about it, sort of thing. But I read that, and I do not sleep. Maybe maybe it will have a different effect on Jenny. So what, Camilo, you're like midway through my life's journey. I found myself in dark. That's how it works for you? No, but it's it's yes. like the That's it's good. like the seven circles of hell, Jenny, and what and what's happening to all the people in these different strata of hell. And it's Kim, there's nine. Very... please, there's hmm? nine. They're nine. I'm sorry, nine. I, I said that with a lot of confidence, but I'm really not sure. I think I, I love that for Camille, the equivalent of like a children's book. He's like, good night, moon, or good night, Dante's <laughs> Inferno. Let me learn about the rings of hell. Camilo will read this. that to his kids. Hmm? Yes, Camilo, I, will you- read, I will read my kids. Especially, no, but I will say, especially Purgatorio, because it's like all of Purgatorio is people waiting in line to, you know, to get into the concert, basically. Like they got there four hours in advance and they have their folding chairs and they're like, la-di-da-di-da, like... 
When but can we get you, out into the concert? Do you necessarily, because I know in, in Dante's Inferno, there's like people in purgatory mentioned and it seems like it's sort of finite. Do, do, is there, is there an out? I mean, do you just Purga kind of- Purgatorio? Yeah they're, yeah, they're literally in line. They're like walking, slowly walking up this mountain to get to heaven. But it might take like a billion years or something. It, yeah, I think time is undefined. Okay. There, so it's hard to say, but they've, they've got to, yeah, they've got to make their time and they're all shad shades. Um, okay, so, so we've definitely, we're going to attract a very different kind of listener for this. Yeah. <laughs> Renaissance literature crowd is tuning in right now. Thank a you sort of goth, depressed literature yeah. buff. This is a wonderful suggestion for how to, uh, how to sleep and avoid dementia. Thank you, Camilo. Thanks. It, it does keep the brain going. Last night, what was putting me to sleep, which was a hot mess, was, I was so tired, was I've been watching Hannah Gatsby's Nanette comedy special. You, are you aware of this? Have you seen, it's been out for a while. Yes. And it's like devastating and still I'm like, highly recommend it though. It's a yeah. lesbian's, it's a lesbian's very funny, but also scathing takedown of the male dominated field of comedy. That's a very reductive uh, yeah. way to, to express it, but she somehow manages to like switch from this is incredibly funny and then the next second extremely hardcore indictment of what society expects out of women so and sexual abuse and rape and it's it's good though i mean it's fantastic okay, tell you what i didn't uh, like about that special it wasn't funny enough for you was it it's not that it's that she is a comedian from Tanzania and I felt it was uniquely pitched to an American audience. And I found that to be kind of a bummer. Uh, uh, like a missed opportunity. It's not that, it's that our culture is like, we have basically destroyed <laughs> culture everywhere else. Like everything becomes ultimately about the American framework. So much so that she talks about Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. And that I thought was a bummer. It's like somebody who's pitching themselves, who understands ultimately that in order to really make it on a global scale, you ultimately have to make it about an American audience. Is she, is she, is she black, uh, African or is she white? Uh, Jen, Jen meant Tasmania, not Tanzania. Oh, oh, okay, okay, got it, got it. Tasmania. Tasmania. Still, is she is she is she white or is she uh, white? She's white. Yeah, that was just one thought. I that was one takeaway I had from it. Is I was like, it's I valid. wonder what's up. A white man is saying that it's valid what you're saying. Oh, okay. Thank you. That's well, all. Definitely. Nothing further needed. You know what's okay. Of uh, talking about stand-up comedians, I recently watched this woman. Her name is Blanche. She's a French stand-up comedian. She's also the girlfriend of Louis C.K. Ah. But she's really interesting. And it was really bizarre to watch a stand-up show of a French in, in French. And because I think of stand-up being being so American, like such a uniquely American form. And it was really interesting to see like a French woman do it. Um it was just really bizarre. I can't quite, ex I can't quite explain my reaction to it. I, I don't know about you guys, but I also don't think of the French as being particularly funny. Please, our French listeners, don't come for me. But I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a humor. I mean, there is a certain kinship between British and American humor, for instance, even though we recognize that British humor is, is slightly different, you know, but it's translatable. But, um, you know, the French took Jerry Lewis and, you know, made him their comedy god. And while Americans can appreciate it, it's, you know, it's not exactly the, it's, it's not a humor that's very, contemporary or the funniest French thing that we've ever done was allo allo and it's not even French it's British mm. okay speaking of British humor do you guys remember Benny Hill of course yes yes I love yeah I used to watch it it was like late at night it was after my bedtime um why am I hearing I'm hearing a theme song but I feel like it's a I, wasn't that the same theme song? Why am I hearing? That's it. Kim's got it. Yes, is that it? Yes, I love that. 
Oh my God, how, how, why are these things hiding in the recesses of my brain? That is so weird. Did this, what? did you guys learn everything about running away from pervy guys from that show? I loved that show. I thought he Love was pervy hilarious. <laughs> I lived in the UK when it was airing originally. And you I did? was a child and I would watch it. And I would be like, look at that. Let's chase women whose clothes keep getting caught on things like, I don't know, fences and keep getting ripped off. Fantastic. <laughs> Sorry, that's my dog. She's she's barking in solidarity with Benny Hill, clearly. It was all about his eyebrows and looking at gigantic petulous like, breasts. Yeah. That's all it was. Double but takes it, and yeah, pervy brows. Yes. And it was very funny. For those of you who are younger, you you should be amazed that we as Gen X turned out like this. Yeah. Although it was a show more geared toward boomers, I think. Oh, we shouldn't have been watching it. That I mean, that's... No, no, we were children. We were very young. We should not... It's funny that we've all seen it because we should... Oh, yeah. Oh, I loved it too. I loved it too, Jen. I know the fucking theme song. Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I thought his eyebrows were comic masterpieces. Mom, you let me watch this if you're still listening. My parents let me watch it too. It was like considered wholesome. And, and actually probably in retrospect, it's, I mean, other than being extremely sexist. Extremely like beyond sexist and objective. A little rapey. Literally only objectified. Women were objects of desire. It's Full true, stop. yeah. It was like me too, me too, ha ha hilarity. Um, <laughs> But yeah. I, of course, thought it was very funny. I remember he was always dressed in little shorts and like knee socks. It's totally perverted when you think about it. Yeah, it was completely, it was total perv, perv land. I have to, <laughs> what, I gotta watch. I have to watch like a clip. Does it mean anything that the short shorts are back and so are, you know, knee high socks? Yes, perviness is. is Perviness never goes out of style. Um, should we go on to our segments? Yes, we We've chatted way too much. Never enough. Never too much. All right. So first thing we want to hear is what the cool kids are up to. May or may not have a theme song when this comes out. <laughs> I can't wait to hear or not hear it. What are the cool kids up to? What music do they like? Where do they go at night? Are they watching sexy Netflix shows or anime or both? Cool, cool kids like really cool kids. We want to know what you're up to. Ah. Um, that's my segment, you guys, and I've uh, dreaded it. And since we've <laughs> thought about these segments, I feel like I, out of all the three of us, I am very, I'm the person that is least in touch with what the kids are up to. And you're, even you're when I was, a kid, a I was the least life. in touch. You're living, you're, you say? Like, you're living one of the most unique times of your life on another, on an island. Yeah. But you probably ain't got time for what the kids are doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, disconnected from what the kids are doing, but there is research. Um, this is something that, that was shared in a group sh chat, a group chat. Oh my God, you guys, Tanya, I keep on with the, the poop. Uh, for, <laughs> what does it mean? Not our group chat, our group chat. You're, you're, moving the, you're moving into the anal stage of your life. Yes, this should have happened already. We need to talk about the scat report. Okay, we'll add it to our segments. And then, well, one of us, I'll, I'll scat. Scat report. Okay. So, um, so I really want to talk about Rebecca Black. Uh, so Rebecca Black, if you guys don't remember... Um, shot international fame or, or infamy in 2011 with the release of her song Friday, it's which Friday, is Friday. which was like a just completely inane, um, repetitive, bad aping of bad pop songs from 2011. Um, that apparently her mother paid for since. Rebecca had, you know, always displayed um, musical talent and always kind of wanted to get herself out there and wanted to be a pop star. So they paid a couple of thousand dollars to this company um, that 
kind of churned out the hits um, and would make a, a video for you that sounded like something that could be a hit. So um, this was kind of at the beginning of YouTube. Friday had, you know, deep lyrics, um, like fun, 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 fun. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, stand with, back, Bob Dylan, stand back. <laughs> right? Gotta be fresh, gotta go downstairs, gotta have my bowl, gotta have cereal, seeing everything, the time is going, ticking on and on, everyone rush, rushing, gotta get to the bus stop, et cetera, et cetera. Fun, 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 fun. Friday, 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 ad nauseum. So, um, so overnight, it seems she became a huge, I don't know, anti-star um, is really the only way to put it. She was the like top Googled search term. People love to hate Rebecca Black. She was, she was only 13 years old, you guys. Like she wow. was in no way prepared for this media attention and for the, you know, the awful monster that the internet was and you know had not even fully grown into at that point um people made fun of her she got hate mail she got death threats but she also did the late night circuit you know she also got to be in a video with Katy Perry who happened to be her idol so fast forward you guys 20 she She's, she's never actually gone anywhere. She's had this YouTube channel, Rebecca Black, since 2011, since maybe before 2011. She's never taken down that song Friday. How badass is that? She didn't do it when, when her peers and the entire world was making fun of her, and she hasn't done it now. She's now 23. She has released a uh, project, she likes to call it, not an album, called Rebecca Black Was Here, if you see the image, it's her looking kind of- Kind of like 1950s oh, Like gravy, kind of cool with like multicolored hair. And she looks beautiful and fabulous, except she's got this like green juice slime smoothie, you know, dripping through her teeth. And she's just got this like kind of robot robotic smile in her face. And I think that definitely is like tying back to you know, what she felt like back then versus her now. So she's come out as totally queer, totally awesome. She's released this new project. It's got six songs on it. It's like synthy, it's poppy. Um, it's been called hyper pop, which is, has a very queer aesthetic, takes, you know, elements from like hardcore rap and like punk and um, and of course pop and distorts it and also um, Minecraft and, and video game music um, and distorts it. And you guys, I fucking love it. I really, really liked it. When you sent, uh, you sent that initial link, Camila, was it you? And then it had links to links, okay. And I listened to some of the other six tracks. Um, you guys have to, to um, a lot of it is, is very queer. It's very like, there's a track called Girlfriend and she's talking about getting back with her girlfriend. You know, it's probably gonna be a disaster, but just at that moment, and it has been a disaster, but at that moment she's happy and, you know, just wistful and cannot wait to get back with her girlfriend and forgot all this shit that happened in the per past. And um, there's one called Personal. It's just so grown up, kind of sexy, kind of got this like, nod to a Katy Perry aesthetic, but I actually think even through all of the uh, auto-tune and the distortion, which is like part of hyperpop, it, her voice is awesome. Um, and I checked out some other things that she released in the interim between 2011 and 2020, which was a lot. She's not gone anywhere. Kim, that is some true research that oh, yeah. I recommend you I, for I, doing. I, 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 I dig it. You guys check out Rebecca Black was here. Um, there's some great tracks on there. She actually also redid Friday. 
Um, I heard that one. It's insane. Yeah, and it's, it's hilarious. Really she read the best part about it. I think is the video. She replaces those like dorky kids that I guess were her actual friends in the actual, you know, in the first video with like you know weird looking cartoon characters. And she speeds it up. And Big Frida does like a rap so solo. It's 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 cool. So she's kind of redone her um, entire persona, but it doesn't feel um, contrived. It just feels like she she's grown up. She was only fucking thirteen when this shit happened in the first place, and she's worked this whole time, and she's got talent. So I don't know. I, I liked it, and I'm middle aged. So there's yeah. that. Cool. It sounds like a it sounds like a redemptive tale of somebody who actually found themselves when they could have really lost themselves. Absolutely. And if you read articles with her, she's so freaking articulate about her, how she dealt with it, her journey. And it's like, how are you this articulate at age, you know, 23 or whatever she is? It's really impressive. And I like how somebody asked her, well, you have this song called Girlfriend. And she's like, yeah, I didn't want people, I didn't want to write it so that it was ambiguous or you know it could be about a boy or it could be about a girl depending she's like or i'm the girlfriend yeah she's like i want it to be absolutely clear that it's a girl on girl song you know so nothing could make it more clear than (laughs) the title i picked i mean you know i'm ambivalent because she clearly had supportive parents who paid a lot of money for her to do that initial friday thing and everything came out of that right like we don't all have that launching pad you know what I mean? But that launching pad was a complete shitstorm. Yes. You know, something that she might have like killed herself over. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. I'm not taking away anything at all, but it is kind of a product of our churning sort of celebrity, you know, maelstrom. And she was lucky. Other people are not so much. I I will counter that with saying I still don't sign I don't think that she's signed to a major label. She has this YouTube channel. She has these people, and she's been working consistently, putting out music, getting better and better since 2011, when she was 13, and the yeah. entire world made her joke. So I mean, for that, I give her props. And I will tell you, I was obsessed with that song. We would play it over and over, and like share the memes. At the time. Were you obsessed in like a ironic way or what? Oh, absolutely not ironic way, but also in a like we would just sing it all the time. Because <laughs> it was like Friday came around and it'd be like, it's Friday, 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 yeah. Friday fun. It was fun. like it was just when fun. Friday came around every single week, it just was an earworm. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. yeah. And I just love the I love the gifts. I love her friend with the braces in the car. I love all the, the memes of like, car. yeah, and I just love how it became a meme for like white people dancing kind of, you know, it was just, everything about it was just fantastic. Yeah. God, I missed out on all of this. I feel truly like a boomer, like I need to go back <laughs> and, and um, re-educate myself, but I'm glad to hear that she's emerged an artist. Absolutely. I think, I think she definitely is. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a joke anymore. Like she's clawed and worked and, you know, it's, it's sexy. It's grown up. It's, you know, it's intelligent. I, I like the music. I, I really do like it. And she's got tour dates and if she were coming here, I would go. I would too. Rebecca, come to Kansas City. Rebecca, be a guest on our podcast. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that would be really fun. It'd be like, who are you people? Who are you? <laughs> we like, we're nerds? just like you, Rebecca, clawing our way up to the top of the entertainment pyramid. We'll just tell her that it's a podcast about Rebecca Black. That's true. <laughs> Rebecca Black. All right. So we're, we're, we're running over. This is a lot of time. Um, we could either cut it off now or we can just dive quickly into our remaining segments. Let's do a quick remaining segment. I'll go next. I just want to be pretty. Give me your potions, give me your serums, even your unwims. But that CrossFit workout, baby, oh no, I can't. I just want to be pretty. Beauty and fitness report. Okay, I found two articles in the New York Times that were of interest to me because they kind of contradict conventional wisdom. The first was... High intensity exercise is good for us. 
is more necessary necessarily better. It's an article basically about high how high intensity intensity workouts are actually can be very bad for you because they do something to the like um, a particular part of your brain that can cause injury, and it's unclear whether or not they are any more effective than than moderate exercise. And I thought that was pretty interesting because I think the prevailing kind of conventional wisdom is that um, moderate exercise sometimes isn't enough, but actually it turns out it can be. And in fact, high intensity workouts can be, can even be destructive. It can rattle your brain. Yes, essentially. Okay. In that study, people began working out generously almost every day, developed sudden and severe declines in the function of their mitochondria, which are the energy- Oh, the powerhouse of the cell. Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Very good on every- Yes, well done. You probably biology in college. Good for you. No, I know memes. I did. Okay, so feel free to- just take a nice leisurely walk. <laughs> That's what I got out of that article. Thank goodness. Okay. The other one is of particular interest to me because I feel that it is entirely true. It is about all those. Okay. Here's the headline also from the new, the failing New York times. I keep going <laughs> failing New York times for articles, but here's the headline. Here's the byline. All of those products are making your skin worse. They're breaking <laughs> down the skin barrier and harming your acid mantle. And this is bad. <laughs> Even if you don't know it yet, what that mantle is. Okay, I'm going to read a, a paragraph of this that I thought was particularly interesting. Just look at my face right now. You can see the acid mantle. <laughs> it's glowing right at you. Um, okay, here we go. Ask estheticians and dermatologists what problems they're seeing these days. And as often as not, the answer is a broken down skin barrier. A broken barrier, symptoms include inflammation and patchy flaky skin can eventually lead to other problems since it means the skin's defenses are compromised. What's to blame for the mass barrier malfunction? Too many creams, serums and other hope in a jar well fuck me i mean I, what know. Do? I know look the reason i was okay when the pandemic started i went down like a youtube wormhole of skin like people gurus you know they're all like 20 years old so they have no problem with their skin so i don't know why i was taking advice from teenagers but anyway i started using more products and i noticed that my skin, like the first initial day, it's like, oh, your skin looks glowy and amazing. But after a while, actually it started to irritate my skin. Your mantle was breaking down. I think so. I think actually there is some truth to this because you'll notice those YouTube like skin guru people, they use like 35 products. And part of it is product placement. Sponsorships, like, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like if they get enough followers, then they get these kind of deals. But I think that there's a lot of truth to this. Like after a while, if you you know are slathering the shit onto your face, sorry, Tina, I'm uh, halfway into a bottle of wine and my tongue, and I'm just vulgar. What, are you talking about uh, mom? Yeah, yeah. Tina Turner, I wasn't no, sure. No, your mom. Tina, um, Tina Turner is the best known Tina, but okay. Second and best then your mom. Yes, mom. All, all strong Tinas everywhere. But honestly, I was like, uh, what is going on? I'm supposed to, my skin should be a glowy, dewy, you know, masterpiece, but instead it's getting really irritated. So I found that this article particularly interesting because I think it's true. Like, you know, you put a bunch of shit on your face, um, it starts to actually irritate it. So less is more. Oh, wow. I'm going to pick up this topic when it's my turn to talk about beauty regimens. I'll send you this article. It's 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 in the New York Times. Well, I feel and, like you gave me yeah. a good gist and now I don't have to read it. I mean, it's enough that I do the crossword puzzle, by the way. So failing um, New York Times, sorry. It's still good for something. So basically stick to a fairly simple, you know, 
I think the bottom line is a fairly simple regiment will serve you better in the long run than a bunch of different like the kitchen sink at it. I mean, I don't like I, I will definitely try different things, but um, but yeah, I do I do believe in like coating my skin with products in hopes of staving off me too. I love slathering stuff on my face. I, I do too, which is why I found this article disheartening, but I did notice that, you know, there are these whole like 10 step skin routines that people have. And when I started to do like sort of do that more than I had before, I noticed it actually irritated my skin Yeah. than like a more simple regimen. And I was like, oh, I think there's some truth to this. We need to go back to our granny and great grandma's day of well, good old, okay. We mentioned Vaseline from another uh, episode, but also Pond's, Pond's cold cream. I know. Was, no, no woman was without that shit in the fifties. I know. Um, There's so much to talk about. And then like the German Nivea cream debacle that's on, on Amazon right now, but I feel like we need to save some of this for future. Oh yeah. We should, do a, we should do a whole skincare yes. episode and have a skincare person on. We could have Isabel on, like somebody who deals with makeup and faces and, and skincare because it's actually, you know, it's something that, I don't know. It's the one thing I feel like besides hair, it's something that you have the most immediate control over. So, um, see the most, and it's the largest organ in your body. Not in my case. Ew. (laughs) Oh my God. And feed out. Um, (laughs) It's my turn turn to uh, talk about, um, it would have been funnier if one of you had said that. Um, but, uh, But uh, I'll I'll, I'll take I'll do the penis joke next episode. It doesn't have to be a penis. That's the Benny whole. Benny Hill. Uh, Jenny Hill will be will be. Do, 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 do. Oh wait, that's the circus. Yeah. I always get confused. The circus big top song with the Benny Hill song, uh, which is uh, creepy. They're so similar. In thirty years, stuff will be different. How different? How different? We don't know. No. But we'll speculate we'll for the show. the show. Come along for the ride. ride. I'm here to talk really quickly. I want to talk about what can expect the future. In years. Yeah, in 30 years. And it's something I'm really excited about because I've really been following closely the development of virtual reality headsets. And I think in 30 years, they're basically going to be either not you're wearing nothing or just like a pair of like light glasses, you know? So we're going to be like in a vegetative state in some home <laughs> that we've been cast into. But we're going to have these amazing virtual experiences. Like we're going to be traveling all over the world if we want to. We're going to be riding camels in Egypt. They're going to erase like the ugly urban sprawl of Cairo. So we'll see like the pyramids, you know, in their prime. Um, I don't know. We're going to we're going to be like in, in Angkor Wat during its heyday. So we're going to be flying over the Atlantic like Amelia Earhart. We're going to be having all these amazing experiences while we're like drooling and being fed pudding. But it's not going to be just restricted to us like playing, I don't know, checkers with some other adult person in front of us. We're going to be able to experience the world and its history from the comfort of our rickety rocking chairs. And I'm so, so excited that we're going to have such a better quality of life while we're rotting away in our old age because of this. Wow, you sound very convinced. Absolutely. I mean, I have several theories. You've described the plot of The Matrix. Yeah, you know what my favorite thing, um, did you guys ever see the um, San Junipero episode of Black Mirror? Yes. Okay, Kim, highly recommend, do you have Netflix? Highly recommend it. Yeah. Possibly best hour of TV ever created. And incredible where like your conscious, well, I don't want to, okay, I don't want to spoil it because Kim hasn't seen it, but Dan, you know what I'm talking about. That is like the ultimate where. I wish I felt this way about technology. I just don't. It fills me with dread. What you're describing, Camilo, though, is horrific. We're, we're, we're fed pablum while we're plugged into a, a motherboard and seeing fake stuff that's actually edited to, you know, scrub out actual details and give us the 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 best most you know idealized version of things that's horrific is that what you want you guys have not had the 
still kind of stereotypically male experience of like playing video games, like current gen video games. And for example, if you play- I have, because I have a friend who, who does. Excellent. Um, yeah. I don't mean to gender it. It's just, it's more typical for males to, you know, but, but playing Assassin's Creed, for example, like the Egypt one that was like the previous iteration. And now, then there was like a Greek one. And now there's a, um, now there's a Viking one. When you're playing through those games and you're like interacting with these environments, they're so meticulously recreated. It's such a rush and like the escapism and the, you know, being placed in, in a, again, a highly, highly um, detailed historical environment is just such a satisfying escape from reality because it's no longer Pac-Man, you know, it's like somebody has taken hundreds of hours to recreate what architecturally and what the non-player characters would be doing. So you're in a thriving market and everybody's like, they're peddling their things and they're moving around in a realistic, more and more realistic. In 30 years, this is just going to be so realistic. It's going to be amazing because right now being in an old people's home is probably the most depressing thing you could do. But I'd be happy to just sit there and be like, I'm walking through. And they're, they're old and, and aged bodies and they'll, they'll be able to be young again and, you know, not really worry about the barriers of time and space and, and time travel, basically. Um, that sort of sounds good, but you know what? you know, occurs to me is that we'll have the same problems we do now. All of who decides what's history, what, who decides, you know, what point of view is, is told, who decides, you know, what is important, what stories are important to tell and who's from whose point of view, you know, um, we have that problem in, you know, kids, in kids, uh, school textbooks where, you know, in Texas, this has come up several times where they've, they've talked about um, black workers being brought over to work and who enjoyed their day and sang all day and were happy. You know, I'm just imagining this sort of, I'm imagining this sort of world where who tells the stories is based on like, um, money and and politics as it is now so i don't know that doesn't sound i'm looking for a way out of like our our current problems and our current like biases not a way to like live them more fully and you know more in a 3d way but like not dealing with the initial problems when i'm 120 i won't give a fuck anymore you are really dead set. I still, I still prefer over playing bingo. Like do you really think you'll be alive at 120, Camilo? Oh yeah, I plan to live to like a 900. Because if if so, we should hold out on this podcast because it is a misnomer. Yeah. But we haven't ta- we haven't talked about my weirdly optimistic like. Um, Wait, zoom in on Jenny. Is she passed out? No, I'm she's, looking. She's taking I'm, it all in, just I'm, laying back on her IKEA pillow. I no, it's Marimekko. Thank you. Oh, Marimekko. But is it yeah. Marimekko IKEA? Oh, oh no. Um, um what you call it? Crayon Barrel. Excuse no, me. Marimekko, Marimekko uh, was a Crayon Barrel exclusive for a while. Oh, um, Shantan is very particular about cheats. They're I'm not very cute. cute. I like them a lot. Thank you. Oh. I am trying to listen and not talk over you guys, but I think I have a much more dismal view of technology than you do. And Sean, I mean, Camilo. And one thing I thought is it sounds like ready player one meets hospice. And I didn't know how I felt about it. It's San Juniper. Okay. Every Black Mirror, almost every Black Mirror episode is as you say, is a very dark view of how technology is going to influence our life. And San Junipero is one of the rare uplifting ones. Um, And that's why I highly recommend it, Kim, because it gives you like, it's sort of a more positive twist, you know, but um, I don't know. I have like a weirdly positive view of how things will turn out because I have a short-term pessimism, but a long-term optimism. Okay. We really have to wrap this up. Once again, been lovely to catch up with the both of you. Jen, is there, are there any final words you want to share before we end this? Kim, any final words? 
I, I just, you know, I think Jen summed it up best on episode so two with keep it perky. Yes, keep it perky, but keep yeah. it cringy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bye. 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 This has been halfway there, but it's also the end. The end of this episode of Halfway There. You get it. We're halfway there. We're losing our hair. <laughs> I look into the middle distance and stare. Nice. That's a that's a pretty good like uh, line. I should add that to that. Um, yeah, I just wrote that in the last fifteen minutes. Beautiful poetry. To be honest, because I was listening to Taylor Swift and she inspires me. He um, loves Taylor Smiths. <laughs> Taylor Swift, Swift, not not Smith. I love that she's got like a less successful twin called Taylor Smith. <laughs> Taylor Smith, <laughs> somewhere in an alternate universe, is yeah. not being heralded for anything. Ever. No, she plays in like a shitty cover band, and they only yeah. covers of Taylor Swift songs. Oh, that's so sad. Oh, she's a really successful like purveyor of tech products. Or, you know, a librarian. Taylor Smith. Yes. Yeah, she's living a satisfied life on the farm. Okay, I buy it. Yeah. Maybe she's a Taylor and a Smith. I like I like how the bar for success was you're either a mega pop superstar or you're a garbage worthless person. Or you're nobody. <laughs> Similar. Well, that that is interesting because I've always I maybe we should do a segment on this at some point, you guys. I've always found those they have a regular job now they used to be a like pop star they used to be a sitcom star and now they work in an office like that in our society is the the utmost like that is the zenith of of failure i mean it's really the worst thing you can think of for someone to just be a regular person just like you it's the zenith of failure and the nadir of success exactly Yes. Remember when those stories too, because they're always so dramatic. You won't believe what XYZ is doing now. They're raising a family quietly in it's... Illinois. How sad. Yeah.